Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Lead Lap. And we are, man, I'll tell you what, it has been uh, an unusually busy Monday around the Race Chaser offices as we um, prepare for the show tonight. We had a couple of postponements of uh, racing around the Southeast that happened because, well, we finally got a bunch of rain. And uh, once it started yesterday, it just didn't stop in most of the area here around the uh, the greater Charlotte uh, Statesville area where we are. And I guess uh, Talladega had enough, of course, that uh, they couldn't restart yesterday. So uh, two big races today. The NHRA at ZMAX held their finals and uh, the Carolina Nationals. And then, um, of course, this afternoon we saw a wild and woolly conclusion to um, the uh, thousand thousand bulbs. bulbs. 500. Yeah, that's a long name. I, I mean, 1,000 bulbs. Wasn't it just called a few years ago, the Aaron's 499 yeah, or something? something like just that. real short. <laughs> now it's 1,000 bulbs. Yeah. They're a good company, though. It's good it, It's good to see them supporting the sport. Yeah, it's They're great to have companies people. come and support it. Yeah. I love it for sure. Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk about all that. My name is Tom Baker. Uh, of course, uh, the voice that you are hearing uh, is James Mellick, our producer, and joined in the studio by a couple of guests tonight. Uh, Cody Connor sitting sitting next to me now. Cody Cody's race didn't get rained out Saturday. I was there at Hickory Motor Speedway, the PRA um, Fall Classic or Fall Championship or whatever they called it um, at Hickory Saturday night. And uh, well, Cody did what Cody does. Cody won. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was it rained for probably like two minutes. Yeah, well, <laughs> just, just a even call bit. that rain. It was yeah, slight drizzle. Like somebody uh. spit, and uh, yeah, they uh, just enough to say hello, and then it left. Um, thank, thankfully, because we got the entire yeah. program in pretty good, pretty good shape too. Um, and then we've got uh, Lucas Vera going to be joining us. He's a bandolero racer from the area. Really neat kid, twelve years old. He's going to be joining us um, here in just a little while. Uh, and, uh, then also via the telephone, we've got a legends racer who is uh, going to be joining us also, Jason Alder, a little bit later in the program. So a lot of voices today and a lot to talk about. And of course, um, man, um, Talladega was just nuts. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about that as we go. Of course, the phone line, if you'd like to give us the call, give us a call and talk yourself. The phone line is open 704-873-1400. If you'd like to join the program, share your thoughts on Talladega or ZMAX, um, or whatever you'd like to talk about. We'll, uh, we'll try to try to have some fun tonight with that. If anybody wants to call in 704-873-1400 is the number. And, uh, Cody, Hickory Saturday was interesting, I thought, because, uh, of course, when you have, you know, the PRA tour, there's actually about four or five or six different series. Yeah. You know, they have the legacy cars. They have you guys, the super late models. They have the Southeast Limited uh, late models, which has two divisions for itself. So there's like four. And then you have the 602 Super Limiteds um, that makes five. Uh, and you've got a couple of divisions of modified, so like seven or eight divisions there on Saturday. Um, and it was, it, those are, those shows are a lot of fun, but they're very busy too. 
Yeah, that is true. It's definitely a a racers tour uh, or a fans tour, I should say. It is. I mean, there's definitely action packed racing going on each division yeah. uh, between 35 laps to 125 laps. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. Um, so Saturday, you had. It, it seemed to me. I mean, y- you were fast on Friday. Mm-hmm. You were. You were obviously you were. Blazing fast and qualifying. I mean, good grief. Uh, what did you run, a 14.6? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a nice lap right there. Thank you. Ooh, Thank you. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's amazing for a super late model at Hickory to run 14.6. And, and the interesting thing is that um, Carson Quabble almost, um, he was just a skosh behind you. Carson, of course, for those who don't know, the oldest son of NASCAR racer Travis, um, mm-hmm. who was making his mark in late models. Um, Carson qualifying second just a, a couple hundreds i think off you um so it was kind of neat to see two of you local guys um that uh that were able to um to, to qualify up front but what's it like to run a 14 six lap at hickory that's got to be like right on the edge <laughs> of sanity yeah uh hickory i definitely am f- very familiar with hickory um i do have the track record at hickory at a 14 two at wow. the very beginning of the season, uh, Hick- or I think it was during the off season, Hickory had done uh, a track sealant, and so it was it was nice for a little bit there, but I don't think they took into account that 14-2. hot tires. Yeah, you know, so hot tires right out. Yep, peeling everything up. I mean, it dented my soul, my fuel cell and everything else. But um, the track sealant's gone now, and in uh, in practice, I I ran a fourteen four. But uh, I couldn't get no better than that. I figured in qualifying I'd be able to do it. But um, fourteen six, that's that was the pole, and um, that was that was good enough to make it, and I was happy Ooh. with that. So the race the race kind of went your way because you you led you led at the start, mm-hmm. and then um, you kind of it looked like you just kind of as soon as you were seriously challenged, just kind of like I think it was who was it Nolan Pope first that yes, went by you. Um, it's like I ah, go ahead, you know, I'll yeah. see you later. Yeah, Nolan. Uh, he drove up through the field. He started about mid-pack, I believe. And um, I, thankfully, I had a, a fan video of the race for me, and I was able to see uh, from a fan's point of view. And it, it's definitely it's definitely really cool. Uh, you can't really see nothing from the infield. Uh, but I was able to watch my line compared to everybody else's, and I have a different line, and it really does help. Um, but Nolan Pope, he, was, he drove a really good race uh, towards the end there. I had a tough time getting around him. I started off real tight, and I finished. Oh, okay. I finished tight. Uh, I figured by the end I'd be able to loosen it up a little bit, but <laughs> it didn't really work. I was dialing in the dialing in some brake, but it really didn't do much for me. <laughs> so I got a question for you. I just want to ask you. You just yeah. brought up the whole cell phone thing there. People taking videos so you mm-hmm. could see it. Um, are there any drivers in that that you were? there with that had dart fish in that that had people up top that were recording it shooting them down to them like they do at the bigger tracks for the late model stocks cup guys and all that or not really um the only the only driver i know that uh has somebody up there is molly helmuth uh molly helmuth has her father up there videoing and um i haven't been able to see his video skills but i'm sure it's pretty great <laughs> okay. well she's good at it yeah <laughs> the creative yeah. she's very good at it yeah molly so, she's very yeah. molly helmet is really good on marketing i mean she's she she's got it going yeah, on she does she, she does is. a good job well it's it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because i've been waiting for that to start creeping down i saw that um a year maybe two um time goes so fast but a year or so ago is when i first became aware of what dartfish was and how that whole thing works because I met somebody that actually was going to different tracks 
and doing the dart fish um, deal for for different drivers and it was mm-hmm. kind of like what's that and so he explained it and i thought well that's pretty interesting i mean oh yeah you know um and i've been waiting for it to trickle down to the weight model level you know technology's great yeah. i think but every bit of that i mean unless you got somebody who's a buddy you know it's going to cost money it's like yeah, very it, you know, it does cost for sure i mean they're doing know, it in the late model stocks but it's still working its way down, as you said. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting that, uh, you know, I don't think too many people at the weekly tracks really do that much with it, um, at least not in the way that the big teams would use it. But, um, you know, I mean, it's just one of those situations. I, I think there's going to come a time when it's going to become, somebody's going to invent some sort of programming that's going to make it real easy to, um, like, have a GoPro in your car. And be able to actually, like, almost instantaneously, here it is, without having to take the card yeah. out, put it in, wait for it to upload or whatever. I mean, you can do that now. But I think somewhere along the line, and I, I still think that eventually somebody's going to, they'll come up with some program where, like, all the cup guys will have, you'll be able to literally be watching and listening in real time, um, you know, with all the cup guys in, in their cars, mm-hmm. you know, if your favorite driver, basically, um, that's something you can't do right now, unless they actually have an in-car camera. I think there's going to come a time when everybody will have something that, you know, where you can just hit a button and, um, cause it, you know, people are pushing to make racing more engaging and interactive for oh, the yeah. younger crowd. And I think that's just going to be, all be part of it. But yeah, the dartfish thing is pretty cool. The way that that works. <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. I mean, I've seen stuff that they do in that dartfish. And it's blows my mind for sure. And they they use it at the bigger tracks where you normally see it, like when yeah. you go to like Martinsville right. or the high paying Ace uh, Speedway can when they had that big that. race. People that can afford it, exactly. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Um, so you ended up basically coming on late in the race and mm-hmm. taking the win. Put yourself in a pretty good position points wise, right? You only got a couple shows left, right? Yes, sir. We got uh, our next race is for PRA Tour. Yeah. Our next race is uh, November 9th at Hickory. And that's it. And then we right? have the Thanksgiving Classic on December 1st oh, at Southern National. Right. Yeah, Sports Southern Park. National. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My big thing about Southern National is it's becoming like Myrtle Beach. The track surface is not as smooth as it once was. Can't but be as bad as Myrtle Beach. My, is it? Myrtle Beach, it's it's pretty close. It's not quite <laughs> as serious, but it's getting there. <laughs> when people when people refer to Myrtle Beach as a cheese grater, that's almost like an understatement. Oh, Myrtle Beach is. I mean, yeah. the, you know, the tires you fall off two and a half seconds at the end of a tire run. It, <laughs> it's it's just it's unbelievable. It's I mean, serious. I remember going there with the old cars tour um, when they were still the bigger cars mm-hmm. before they made it a late model tour, and we went to Myrtle Beach and. I don't remember. I think it was maybe 150 laps. And yeah, it was. I'm pretty sure it was mm-hmm. 150. And at the end of 75 laps, like half the field was down to cords. Yeah. Just that like, makes sense. You know, it's very tough. Like, <laughs> That's where I did my first know? race when I changed tires at was Myrtle Beach. I went and did a late model over there. So, and yet you don't, you almost, it's like if you repave the thing, you'd be running 150 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the scary thing. It's like there's that, there, you know, you need to eventually do something because it'll just be too, but, it, you know, then when you do it, everybody's going to be flying and, you know, they're going to have to make, make the walls safer or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, Southern National is a great track. I love that track. 
Um, I forgot that you had that race, too. So you got two left in the PRA. Yes, sir. Yeah. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we got more with Cody. Lucas Vera is waiting in the wings outside of our studio here. And uh, we've got also uh, Jason Alder coming up later in the show. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Ross Chastain in the news this week, Mm -hmm. too. Uh, In yet another silly season story that was breaking news that wasn't really news, Um, we all expected an announcement about uh, Ross pursuant to the Xfinity Series and him driving for Colleague Racing full-time in 2020. And twenty, and that's exactly what's happening. He uh, the the official announcement came out this week that Ross will be in the car full time. So 
Colleague Racing has quietly assembled themselves quite a team over there. And you've got now uh, a two-car team of Justin Haley, who's going into his second year of Xfinity next year, and Ross Chastain. And that's a team that conceivably both of those guys could be running for a championship mm-hmm. next year. That's uh, That was a big deal for him to get situated. And I still think eventually he ends up in the one car for Chip Ganassi when Kurt Busch decides to hang it up. So uh, we'll see how that works out. But anyways, uh, welcome to Lead Lap. We are presented, as always, by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Uh, also by mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, and strutmasters.com, the suspension experts. They had a lot of stuff going on today. Strutmasters had a lot of cars. They were sponsoring today at the uh, C-Max Dragway, the NHRA Carolina Fall Nationals. We'll get to that later. Um, Cody Connor in studio with us right now. And we've got uh, Lucas Vera coming up in a little later via the strutmasters.com guest line will be Jason Alder. Um, so a lot to, to come here on the show tonight. We talked with Cody about his season in the PRA tour. Uh, and for those of you not real familiar with this tour, this is a, a series that was born out of the void that was left when the pass series pro all-star series, um, sort of disbanded their Southern tour. Um, they're now still very strong up North and that's their home base. But for many years they had a Southern tour. Um, they don't really have a Southern tour anymore. And so mm-hmm. that opened up an opportunity for the Hackett's who own Caraway Speedway and the North South shootout and about five other tours. Um, <laughs> let's add another one. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, uh, it's been an interesting series. Uh, we were talking about Cody leading the points um, I'm not sure if this is updated or not, but it, it, uh, as of, it looks like as of going into this past weekend's race, you were up by 16 points over, uh, Toby Grunt, Grinowitz in the 40 Tate Fogelman was third, Matt Craig and Jared Fryer rounded out the top five, but this has been a pretty interesting, you know, you've had Brandon Setzer and Brandon Ward and Tyler Church and Mason Diaz and Jared Irvin at a couple of the shows. I mean, it, it it's been a competitive tour um not all of those drivers have run every race but um you know this this was a good field i thought at hickory and of course i think everybody wanted to show up to get kind of a test and tune in for the upcoming um north south shootout event in uh, november so uh you know you've 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 now got i think a little more cushion than (laughs) what you had um and so you you got to feel pretty good going into the last couple of races. I mean, if you can just finish well, you know, not tearing anything up, you should have the championship pretty much in hand. Oh, yeah, sure thing. I mean, Hickory is my best track, and that's going to be our next uh, PRA Tour race. So I feel we're going to have another strong finish there. Uh, it was a little upsetting. Matt Craig wasn't there at Hickory this past weekend. I do enjoy racing with Matt Craig. Um, I do learn a lot from him, uh, but... There, there are some drivers that have attended all the races, and they are pretty stout. Yeah. Um, just, just about anywhere super late model drivers go, there's always, there's always a stout field. Yeah. And uh, it definitely makes it, makes it fun for a little team like myself to be able to learn from, uh, learn from the best. I know Bubba Pollard has raced a couple races with, uh, um, with us, and I, I learned from them. And uh, Bubba's been doing this for a while, so yeah, he has. Being, being able to learn from him. I mean, right now he's the best, and. Uh, 
it it helps me out and learning from Matt Craig. I mean, I got I I got a big big cushion coming in for Hickory, so I like to try a couple different things to try and gain. Um, but I mean, two more PRA Tour races left, and I'm sure I've got the championship locked in. You brought up Bubba. Where did he go this weekend? You know, I didn't see him at Winchester and all that. I don't know where he was at. I don't know if he raced anything. You don't know if he raced because no, he, he normally had... goes to Winchester when yeah, they run the 400. Yeah, and he wasn't there. I didn't know if he I don't was know. in a car. That's a good question. I mean, you know, I think he still does a little bit of dirt, but I didn't hear him doing any of that. I didn't hear him. Um, this so I'm not sure what uh, Bubba had going on, but mm. um, and and maybe it, you know, maybe because. You know, he obviously ended up with Junior Motorsports in Martinsville, which, you know, wasn't as if Junior gave him the car. You know, I mean, the, yeah. his sponsors obviously made that possible. And that might have been a trade off is, you know, we're going to go put all, a lot of our funds into that, um, which he ended up in the top five was a good run. But, um, you know, of course, everybody was was like Josh Berry brought an AK-47 to a knife <laughs> fight, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Josh Berry was yeah. quick. You know, he put a show on. I mean, yeah, I don't did. know that anybody's ever. I, in fact, I've been meaning to look this up. Um, I don't know that anybody's ever led all 300 laps of that race. I mean, that's that 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 was almost incre- That was beyond, you know. And he and it wasn't even close. Um, yeah. So yeah, they really hit the setup. And um, and again, I think um, Bubba felt like he he made some changes that he felt like he shouldn't have made. And it kind of hurt him a little bit. And it's like, well, gosh, if, if it hurt you and you still were in the top five, I would love to have seen what would have happened if you'd have, you know, not made those changes. But um, nonetheless, that was a great race. And, yeah, Bubba's one of the best mm-hmm. at it. Um, and when you run with drivers like that who have been around forever, Josh, Bubba, you know, the guys that have done it for years and years and years, um, Timothy Peters, you do learn a lot from those guys. Um, and so – for your group, which, you know, yourself and Fogelman, of course, you know, Tate's had his dad to learn from, too. Jay, yeah. Jay was one of the best. Um, you know, Matt Craig, um, it's it, you have that group of drivers to sort of emulate and look up to. And really, uh, I think it, it teaches you a lot. But you've learned how to manage a race. You know, mm-hmm. your races are 125, 150 laps most of the time. And... I think you've learned to do a better job of managing races oh, than yeah. some other drivers. I mean, it's it's a real big thing. I mean, we start on the on we finish on the tires we start with. So being, I mean, your tires are your best friends. You know, you got four best friends in that in that race, and yep. you definitely want to protect them. And uh, Orange County, we ended up getting a flat, so one of my friends were hurt. But uh, <laughs> um, tire tires save management that's that's a really big deal and some some drivers really don't understand that but uh it definitely takes a lot of time to be able to to learn how fast you can go how hard you can drive into the corner and um that's that's one thing i was really struggling with a lot of the stuff i was trying to learn a lot of these other drivers have already learned and um we we definitely moved up a step and uh we're we're digging now it makes you wonder too because like in orange county I think it was it was Matt and and uh, Brandon, mm-hmm. and you were you were up in there for a little bit, and then it was almost like you you watched how hard they were running and yeah. went, "I'm out of here," yeah. and dropped back about like a straightaway I and just sort of ran myself. your own pace. And mm-hmm. I think you were you would have had a shot, except for the flat late, you would have had yeah. a shot shot at that one too. Um, you know, was and I and I really had the feeling that Brandon was testing Matt early and kind of almost purposefully pushing him harder than, and Matt mm-hmm. was kind of like, 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, and he just never lost anything, you yeah. know, um, and Brandon did. And so um, it is interesting because the way the tires are now, 125 laps, you can't run yes. that hard for 125 laps. You've got to pace yourself. Yes, you do. And how many sets did you get this weekend? I'm just curious. That's something I want to know. Um, I ended up having to get one practice set and I had one race set. I normally don't buy any tires unless it's a race tires. Uh, but this weekend I was fortunate enough to, to buy a set of tires. That's cool. Is that what most of them do? Uh, most of the teams or <laughs> some of them bring from home practice on and then buy well, a set for the race? Well, most teams, they buy, they buy three to four sets of tires. They, wow. I mean, tires aren't cheap yeah. either. Yeah, I mean, they're not. I use, I use my race set for practice to get it all dialed in. And for me, I feel that it really helps me out because, um, to know what my tires were at the end of a race there's hardly any tire left. So if I practice on that, for one, it'll make me a better driver, being able to drive a car that's not handling too well. And two, I kind of get an idea what my car is going to be like at the end of a race. Yeah. See, you know, I've, I've noticed too that I, I've seen different drivers, um, shall we say, applying chemicals yes. in different situations. And it's kind of like, you know, now we've gotten into that game, which to me is just awful. I mean, you know, there's not, I have no respect for that at all I, um, I hear you there because it, it, number one that's you know it it now you got to be a scientist <laughs> oh yeah you know it's not just about driving anymore yes. you know which you know so i'm not a fan of that and i i wish that the tracks would be a lot more strict on that oh, yeah. than they are but um but yeah you've managed to do a lot with a, a lot less than most which to me if I'm a NASCAR team owner, you know, and I'm looking at resumes, that's a plus because here's a kid that's going to come in. He's, he's already trained. He's not going to mm-hmm. beat up the equipment. He's going to yeah. take care of the equipment and he's going to, he's going to get the most out of what we got. That's right. I and mean, that's, that's one of the, the privileges of owning my own team. I know, I know what it costs. I know what it takes to be able to make it to each race and I mean, there's a lot of hours. I mean, now I got Cody Cuts lawn mowing, so I'm working Cody Cutting action during the day, and I'm <laughs> going home to work on the race car. And it's it's a lot of hours. I mean, late nights and early mornings working on the car, to make sure she's ready for the next race. Yeah, it's pretty uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, you you manage to stay busy, and you do a great job with the social media Thank too. You. Thank you. You know, a lot of motivational stuff, and and you know, you keep everybody updated from the track. Um, you know, it's good stuff. Um, and you did a good job on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Um, we're going to s- step aside here. Um, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little more with Cody. We've got Lucas Vera coming up. Uh, we're also, of course, going to talk Talladega and NHRA and some other things. And, uh, we're going to have Jason Alder joining us a little bit later on in the program as well. And I'm excited to talk to Jason and you're going to enjoy his story. Um, how we got into racing is a really interesting story. So, uh, look forward to having him on here in just a little while. So we'll be back with more of lead lap presented by HMS motorsport right after this. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift. 
and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schroep belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Lero fireproof underwear, Lifeline fire systems, and even Racecom radio kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke located on Route 1 or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Reed Lab. Reed's always so enthusiastic. <laughs> All right, uh, we continue with the program here, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And we've got a uh, caller here. Let's go check out and see if uh, if they're calling us or calling the Home Shopping Network. Hello, you're on Reed Lab. Oh, they're gone. See, that's yeah, what happens. Gone. Yeah, you I hit the button, heard dial tone, and wait all this time, and then they, uh, they didn't want to wait through the commercial. I guess. Well, <laughs> if you want to call us, seven zero four eight seven three fourteen hundred seven zero four eight seven three fourteen hundred is our guest line. We'll have the uh, or not the guest line. It's the uh, listener line. The guest line is a super secret number, but the guest has it. Jason Alder will call it here in a little while. Okay, so back to Cody Connor for a bit, and then we'll bring Lucas Vera on. Um, Cody. Now, you've done some other racing in the past. You've, mm-hmm. you've actually, you were, we were talking in the break that you were the last 
prolate model champion for the pro all-star series when it was here. They didn't actually like run that right up to the very end. I don't think, did they, they, they had a year where they just ran the super tour without running the pros. I think, wasn't it? Um, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I had started racing, uh, the prolate model at the age of 12. That's the cool thing about the past series. I was able to race a full size car at age 12. Yeah. And, um, I got a total of nine wins in a pro late model, um, and then the last champion. Yeah, that was a uh, pretty amazing. Well, and see, you were mm-hmm. you were in a group with some other guys like Tyler Dayton, who ran the 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 pro um, late model a few times as well before they actually ended up going to Hickory in the truck series. But um, you were kind of in that, and 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 he's he's a little bit older than you, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, but you all came from quarter midgets. Yeah. You know, there were there were like a group of you that, that came from the local quarter midget club. Oh, yeah. Uh, North Carolina Quarter Midget Association. It's run up here in Salisbury. And, um, you know, and then moved into the to the bigger cars. And, um, you know, amazing that you get to do that at 12. I mean, and, and, and I ha- I've always had mixed feelings about that. And, and I think a lot of the fans do only because I think that's really what's kind of created that boom of. 18-year-old, 19-year-old NASCAR drivers yeah. that don't even have a fan base yet because they kind of shot through the mm-hmm. the short track level and didn't stay long enough for anybody to really know much about them. Um, so I kind of find that to be good and bad. But in, in this case for you, it propelled you into a super late model and you have not had the advantages that a lot of other young racers yeah. have in terms of, you know, dollars, resources, you've had to go get those, you know, through sponsorship and whatever, and you're doing a lot of the work on the car yourself too, right? Very true, very true. Uh, I find all my own marketing partners, and I work on my own race car. Um, It definitely makes it tough being able to uh, juggle everything at once, but... um, You were doing all that while you were in school, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I had had attended the the early college. Um, I graduated high school with an associate's degree. And uh, that was very, very stressful. Um, I, I was trying to get multiple associates degrees, but I ended up only getting associates in arts. But um, it was definitely a step forward. What type of arts? Uh, I would have figured business. Well, I was when I first started, I was able to get an associates in like a couple different associates degrees. Oh wow! And my second year there, they ended up doing away with that, so I got stuck with associates in arts. Oh. But um, is what it is. It was definitely a good opportunity. It. I did it mainly because I'm a race car driver with no money, so it kept my kept my parents from spending a lot of money on my schooling. Um, but it was very stressful having to deal with uh, school and uh, and racing. But I, I have such a large passion for for racing. I mean, I've been racing since I was four and a half years old. Uh, I've got 151 wins now and uh, 13 championships. So uh, in my total career, and um, I don't think racing's ever going to leave my heart. Well, and you're you you have such a sort of an energetic personality too. Like, you know, there was, I think it was a year or two. He just reposted it on Instagram. It was a year or two. I think we were, we were at, uh, I don't know, it was Orange County or somewhere. It doesn't matter. We were at a track and we were doing the meet. He was doing the meet and greet Mm -hmm. and he grabbed, um, no, it was Concord. Cause you Mm -hmm. grabbed, um, who's the Concord photographer? What was her name? Um, I I believe Laura. Laura. Yes. Yes. He grabbed Laura's camera. Yes. 
and he holds it up <laughs> and he takes a he takes a picture of himself yeah. with her camera like he did a selfie with a full-size camera which I thought I saw him doing it so I <laughs> I helped I shot him taking the picture of himself which I cuz I I always think that's funny to be able to catch somebody taking a <laughs> a picture of themselves or taking a picture of anything um and actually John Davison I don't know if you know John but John is mm-hmm. He, he does the shootout and a bunch of other stuff, and, and John's been around for a long time. And John and I have this kind of running thing going where um, it's like the sneak attack. So, like, he got a picture of me that was, like, right up to here. It was, it was like, because he can, he's got a zoom lens that's about eight feet long. Yeah. And, you know, so it's just funny, the pictures of me that he gets. And I've snapped a couple of him the same way. And so, but you just, you have fun like that. Like you're just and and that's, I think it makes you naturally appealing to fans who just want to follow somebody that really loves racing and just wants to have a good time. And I don't think there's as much of that as there used to be. So many drivers, the younger drivers either aren't very personable or they're just very sort of serious and they don't really have, you know, an, uh, an entertaining personality, but you have that. You're very, you're very passionate and enthusiastic when you're in that situation you're really good with people that's a plus thank you uh i i love racing a hundred percent but i definitely love my fans more without my fans i wouldn't be able to find my marketing partners i wouldn't be able to be racing honestly and um i i seen a couple of cody connor shirts in the stands this weekend and that was really cool um i mean i I do have a pretty decent fan base and um yeah it it definitely helps me out, and I'm very thankful for all the fans that I do have, and um, I definitely hope to gain some more, and uh, hopefully we can get well, some I'm more sure marketing partners. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, yeah, some more <laughs> both, right? Yeah. yeah. So you said he's been outgoing. I'm just yeah. curious because I yeah. wasn't around when he was younger and all that stuff. Has he always been outgoing, like ever since you were little, or was it once you started winning races, or or how did that all start becoming just more I'll relaxed him for you in the garage? my perspective. Like, because some people, you know, they're uptight until they get that first championship or first mm-hmm. win. Were you just relaxed from the second you walked in at four? Uh, pretty pretty much. Um, my my grandfather was a racer, my uncle was a racer, and my father was a racer. And um, uh, my family has always been down to earth. Uh, I feel myself. I'm a pretty down to earth guy. Um, I know what it takes. I know I know stress levels. I mean, I started working on my own race car, or excuse me, I started cleaning my own race car when I was five years old, and. Um, I'm still since, working on it. Yeah, since then, <laughs> uh, it taught me. It taught me how to be respectful. It taught me how to uh, be responsible, and that really helped me be able to to be friendly to people. And um, the real big thing is having respect for my own equipment. And um, I believe I believe more drivers should work on their own cars yes. to know what it takes. Then I believe they'll realize that racing's not. It's not as easy as it is, but and it's not bumper cars. Yeah, very true, very true. It's not Bowman Gray. <laughs> yeah, definitely exactly. not. Exactly. Um, you know, and that's that's really the big thing. When yeah, when he the, the first time I was aware of Cody was he was in Bandos, and he used to have. If you're if you're an NFL fan, okay, <laughs> think about the Cincinnati Bengals helmets colors. The car look it was a it was a tiger car mm-hmm. basically. And you used to have a didn't you used to have a, like a tiger hanging out of it or something? Wasn't there something like I I had on my bandolero and my quarter midget I had a tiger on the hood and I have a little tiger it's like a tiger bear on yeah. my uh 
uh, on my roll cage. But yes, I absolutely. also used to have a tiger stripe mohawk. mohawk. <laughs> but I, I got a question for, for <laughs> listeners, fans. Um, I want to know if I should bring the, the mohawk back one time, if I should just do a throwback to myself. So I, that's a question that <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> leaving out there, here. Right. You might as well throw it out there. Uh, yes. wrong with that. I, I, I say yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, do it. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be funny as heck. Um, it's yeah. He just, he was always, you were always aware of him. And I think that's, you know, I mean, I spend a lot of time with legends cars and, and the kind of the lower divisions. And you see a lot of these young racers and I don't mean this literally, but just sort of in a big picture sense, a lot of them look alike. You know, they're, they're just sort of there. They're driving the car. They're probably driving fast, but they're not. The, the personality doesn't mm-hmm. stand out, um, you know, and, and Cody's never been one who's had that issue. He's always Thank you've you. always been aware of him, you know, um, and so it's been it's been interesting to sort of watch him grow up <laughs> and now to see him at 18 and, and on the verge of his second championship, hopefully uh, if he can hang on. Right. I mean, you've got yeah. some hot guys behind you, but um, you're in control of your destiny here. It looks like going into the Thank last you. couple of races. So you just sort of you got to finish. Um, but also, again, watching him go get his own sponsors and seeing him at the PRI show every year out in Indianapolis. I mean, he goes out, walks around and gets, you know, whatever, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, you get a lot of product sponsors there. Oh yeah. And you know, he's, he's done an amazing job of that for someone who's so young and who really didn't have a lot of training per se at it. You know, nobody's really coached him Mm -hmm. all that much. You know, he's kind of just learned it on his own. Um, So, you know, uh, we, we don't want to let him out of here. We got about a minute left. So, uh, turn that list around and read it. Uh, thank who you. helps you, Cody? Uh, a big thank you to Ameriprise Financial, Stephen Kidd, Accent Imaging, CRC Automotive, uh, FK Rodens, Goodridge, Wheelchill, DJ Custom Communication, Purity and Grace, Pure Chocolate Energy, Thruway Plumbing, Drive Shaft Shop, Cody Cuts Lawn Mowing, First Place Embroidery. Uh, big thank you to my father for everything he does. Uh, my grandfather was there this weekend with me, who uh, sadly passed away in 2017. He's there uh, everywhere with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, big thank you to Spotter Brett, Pooh Bear, and Cody Jones. There you go. Well, you got them all in. Um, and I, I put a Facebook post out earlier in the week because I was at the last race with you, not with you, but in, at that at Orange County, and I saw somebody pre-signing hero cards. That drives me insane when yes. drivers do that. Mm-hmm. It ruins the fan experience. It does. Don't pre-sign hero cards. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to step aside. Thanks to Cody for coming back. Uh, When he wins the next one, we'll have him back on again. We'll be back with more of the show. Lucas Vera is next. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, post it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. 
Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles, and now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters, and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap. Tom Baker with you on a Monday night as we record this live. And um, I want to say hi to uh, Greg Kreitzer, G-Man, uh, watching our show out there, listening to our show. And uh, G-Man and I are working on some things together, looking forward to um, to working with him on uh, this show, hopefully in the future. So uh, definitely excited about that. And we are joined in studio now by another young racer who is trying to kind of follow in somewhat of it, at least a similar path to Cody Connor, who was just with us. This is Lucas Vera. Lucas is a bandolero racer. Um, and, you know, they make they, they don't make kids like they used to. They all by the time they're 12, they're all bigger than me now. Um, and uh, Lucas kind of fits that category. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Yep. You have to talk. That's the one thing you have to you have to talk. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Nice to see you. I'm um, really happy to also be in the show. And, there we go. See, that's how you do this. It's just a conversation. Yeah. Um, so how did how how did Lucas Vera get started in racing? Well, uh, it's a pretty long story. Um, we always, got time. Always when I was little, um, I always just had a passion for racing, and I loved it. Like I remember, I watched the movie Cars all day long, and I also had my birthday parties that were based on like race cars and stuff like that. Oh wow! Yeah. Now, how old were you at that time when you first started to to get interest in the sport? Uh, probably like around uh, four or five. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. So when did you actually start racing then? Well, um, when I got five year, when I was five years old, um, for my birthday, my dad gave me a 
a Honda dirt bike. And oh. I started racing a dirt bike. Started two-wheeling. Yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, how did that go? Well, uh, my first time, I remember, my dad took me out to a field, and I was kind of nervous, and I fell a couple times, but eventually got used to it, and yeah, it was, it was fun. And how long did you, how long did you ru- race the uh, the dirt bike? Dirt bikes, uh, probably about like uh, two or three years, and we also won uh, a couple uh, championships. And did that. you? Yeah. Where were, where did you where were you racing? Uh, my first track, I raced at uh, TNT Motorsports Park. It's in uh, South Carolina, and right now it's shut down. But we uh, we won a track championship there. Twice. Okay. Now, yeah. were you are you from this area? Um, yeah, I was born here in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, in Charlotte, okay, yeah. okay. And are you still living in Charlotte, or? Uh, yeah, in okay, the area. Yep. okay, cool. Um, and so, you when did you make the move from the dirt bikes to the bandos? Well, I just uh, felt like I was winning a lot, and I wanted to try four wheels. So I told my dad, uh, you know, what? I want to start uh, karting or something. So I was like, so he was like, oh, okay. So uh, my dad, uh, I remember before. Um, Karting, I also played soccer, and every time um, bef- beside the field, there was a go-kart track while well, it was a GoPro Motorplex. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's not just any go-kart track, by the way. No, yeah. that's a really good track. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's fun. That's yeah. a big boy go-kart track there. Yeah, so I always told my dad, hey, Dad, uh, there's, uh, there's a racing going on over there, and we should go check it out. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So um, after my soccer game, we headed over there, and it was a whole new experience, and I was in love with it, so... Once from there, a few months, my dad got me my first go-kart, and uh, we started practicing and uh, doing races. At GoPro? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. You so, went straight to the top. Yeah, I it. went to the top. Yeah, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a tiny little dirt track somewhere. He's running a GoPro Motorplex. That's a big-time outdoor uh, road course, um, <laughs> and they run some very big shows there. So for those of you not familiar, GoPro is a pretty uh, pretty big deal, and a lot of the the national series racers, open wheel guys and whatever, um, sneak over here and they use GoPro to keep their skills sharp. They just don't, obviously, we don't hear a lot about that, but, um, but they do. The Fittipaldi's are big over there. Oh yeah. The I know they're huge. They're always over Will there. Power yeah. has been there oh, a number yeah. of times. I mean, those guys, the you little know, all 600 those on 600 yeah. weekend, all that stuff. So yeah. it's a big facility. Fun it's stuff. A big place to get a start for sure. So, so. <laughs> What was it like for you to make the transition from the dirt bike to the go-kart? Well, I had so much trouble when I entering the corners because usually in dirt bikes you could use whatever line uh, to go on the, uh, on the corners. And I always like go th- kind of through the middle or like towards the outside, <laughs> not using the apex. How you doing? Like, like uh, driving course. in Florida down the middle of the interstate? <laughs> do, you have your, do you have your flashers on when you're at 40 miles an hour? Um, yeah, that's it, it. It's a lot more precise, right? Yeah, yeah you got to be. Um, so you obviously enjoyed it because you're still running pavement cars. Yeah. Now you made one more transition, obviously, from the dirt but or from the um, go karts to the bandolero. How did that come about? Well, uh, racing the go karts and stuff, it was a lot of money because we were fighting for like national races, and it was a lot. So I was like, uh, my dad always knew Jordan and Walter because. Uh, well, what now they uh, work on my race cars and I drive for them. And But they always went to my restaurant that my parents own. And Walter was like, you should uh, put Lucas in the uh, driving school over there at the fifth mile. And uh, I wasn't quite interested in that yet. But since uh, karting was starting to get a little uh, old and boring, I was like, sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Old and boring. Wait a minute. How old are you now? I'm 12 now. He's already finding divisions old and boring and he's only 12 <laughs> um he's just so good 
Um, but uh, so you 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 knew the Stillwells, Jordan and Walter, yeah. um, and you do you where was your so you went to you went to the school first? Yeah, training school. And what did you think of the bando after being in the go kart? I was like, oh, this is a whole nother thing. <laughs> is you it got a roll cage over you and seatbelts and yeah. Was were you excited or did you kind of go? Yeah, I'm not sure about this. I kind of felt like that in the beginning, but once I started getting more used to it, it was actually pretty fun. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I, you know, it's it's a different kind of racing than yeah. than you know, in the in when you're in a go kart for if you th- those of you who've never in, in a court, going to your fun track doesn't count as racing a go kart. <laughs> I have actually raced go karts, and when you're racing a go kart. I mean, you feel every bit of the speed. In a bandolero, there's a point, if you get on a big enough track, you kind of just flat foot it and you, and you yeah. lose that a little bit. So I could understand if you kind of were like, yeah, no, this doesn't seem like. <laughs> but um, but the competition is certainly there. I mean, you know, it's a great training ground. Um, so it's kind of deceptive in that way. But now you've gotten really good at it. Talk about the year, for example, that you've had this year with the bando. Well, this year it's uh, been a really great year, and we were in the Bandit Division, and we uh, finished second in points at the uh, Florida Nationals, and from there we started hunting for uh, national points and ended about third in national points and won in Concord Speedway the track championship, and uh, we won the shootout. You won the summer shootout championship. Yeah. That's a big deal, in oh, case yeah. you didn't know that. That's a pretty big deal. And and I've I've watched you for the last couple of years and you've made a huge improvement. What do you um what what do you attribute uh that improvement to? What's been the reason why you think you've gotten so much better even just from last year to this year? Well, I just gotta thank uh Jordan and Walter and Stillwell Racing for it. They just teach me the best and uh tell me everything uh so good and yeah. For those of you watching us on WSIC TV <laughs> in Charlotte, when when he looks off to his to his one side, Jordan is sitting, uh, Jordan Stowell sitting off camera over here on the right. We're going to actually, you know what, we have about three minutes left. Slide over this way, Jordan, slide over. We'll get you, we'll, we'll try to get us all on camera here. Um, you might only see part of Jordan, but that's okay. You're not missing much. I'm just kidding, Jordan. Um, all right, so step up. So, Jordan, talk about your kid here because uh, he's, he's a pretty doggone good racer. Uh, Lucas has definitely shown a lot of improvement this year. I think uh, for us as a as the his, the history of our program, uh, we've really only kicked it in the high gear here recently. And uh, I think uh, out of our program on the Bando side, Lucas has uh, seen the most success out of any of our drivers, and uh, and that's going off of Reed Wilson as our top driver beforehand. And Reed's a pretty good wheelman behind the wheel, both the bandolero and the legend. And he's and he's a character. <laughs> he's been a character since he's been on our program. Yeah. So he's we know been a about character that. since the first day yes. on the earth, I think. Yes. So <laughs> we enjoyed having Reed. And uh, but uh, Lucas has shown a drive to succeed, and I think that has uh, caught has helped him excel uh, this season. And I think it's going to help him excel at the next level uh, with the legend cars next year. He's very smart, isn't he? Yes, he seems very smart. He he picks up on things very quickly. It yes. seems like yes, he. Um, I can tell him something in the race, uh, or Mark, uh, who's one of our other spotters yep. and coaches. Uh, we can tell him something uh, that he needs to change in the race, uh, and within a lap or two, he has already adjusted uh, his line and he's fixed himself, and he can go from being a fifth place car to being the fastest car on the track just by moving. Uh, one little making one little change to his line and how he attacks the racetrack makes a big difference uh and you know of course lucas you having having teachers like that 
has to make a lot of a difference for you because you know going in that you're always going to have a race car that can win, but you know that you're now learning to be prepared to win as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite part of racing? My favorite part is just uh, being side by side with a group of cars. It's just so fun and being really tight and rubbing each other. It's love of racing. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to like Bristol. Um, okay. Um, besides Jordan, who's your favorite? Who, what What driver do you look up to? Me? Um, I really look up to uh, Daniel Suarez. And part of it is because um, He's kind of uh, Hispanic like I am because my parents, uh, they're Hispanic. And he's also uh, one of the only uh, Hispanic drivers in NASCAR, and I really look up to him. Yeah, he's he's doing a great job, and I hope that he I hope he can get back with Stuart Haas for next year. Um, he's waiting on some sponsor things to be put together, and hopefully he'll be back in that seat in 2020. And speaking of sponsors, we got about a minute left. Talk about your sponsors. Well, I just want to give thanks to um, OB Builders and he, uh, Brian Dozat. He's the one that runs that, and he just helps me so much with my racing career, and he's always there for me, licking my races. And big thanks to him. Also to uh, my parents' restaurant, Metzikasa Restaurant and Grill, and it's a really good Mexican restaurant. Where is it? It's in uh, Harrisburg, North Carolina. Ah. Yeah. yeah right and by the Lowe's Food. Okay. On, yeah. on 49. What's yeah. the name of it again? Uh, Metzikasa Restaurant and Grill. Met. Mexicasa? Mexicasa? Yeah. Mexicasa. Okay. Yeah. So all of you that are in the Charlotte area, Mexicasa Restaurant and Grill, go try it. It's good Mexican food, and I believe it. Okay. We got about 15 seconds left. Uh, give me your favorite food besides Mexican. Besides Mexican, um, I really like uh, pizza. <laughs> what, what do you put on the pizza? Uh, pepperoni. I see you're boring. You're the second driver today that's told me that. Okay. Uh, we appreciate you take you being on the show, and we'll look forward to uh, having you back on again soon. That's Lucas Vera, and we'll be back with more of the show right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ag Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lab. This is our number two. And uh, looking forward to uh, the second hour here because we've got a lot to talk about. And Jason Alder going to be joining us on the Strutmasters.com guest line here shortly as well. We got bunches of, um, man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, we could start with Tyler Ankrum, though. That's as good a place to start as any real quick. And that would lead us to um, the uh, truck series. Boy, Tyler Ankrum escaped the uh, you know he should have he really would have been running for the win and and it's it that truck race was one of those races where it you really had no idea and it's kind of typical Talladega you had no idea it was going to win and as it was Tyler went into the race needing to have a really good run he was in the mix all day long and um, you know was was leading quite quite a bit of the race and, and ended up. Uh, a little too hot going into the pits and it set him back and he lost the lap um, because he had to serve the penalty do the pass through to serve the penalty. It cost him a lap and he uh, never got back to where he could be um, competitive to win because by the time he was able to, um, you know, to recover from that, uh, didn't have enough laps to really race for the win, but he still ended up, I think seventh, which was a nice run. And that race um, I thought was an exceptionally, uh, exciting truck race. And I always love the trucks at Talladega anyway, James. I think they put on as good a show at Talladega as you'll see them put on anywhere. Yeah, the trucks always put on a good show. I like watching the trucks at the Speedway races, the truck race at Daytona and Dega. They usually put on a really good show. Um, sometimes even the best show out of all the races that go there. Yeah. And I didn't get to see a whole lot of the truck race, but what I did see and get to hear from people was it was a fantastic race uh, that they put on. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought it was a good race, and and you know again you you look at the playoff guys, and you know of course it comes down naturally we end up talking about controversy right because um, you know Talladega's got the yellow line, double yellow line and you can't go below the yellow line or you get a penalty and Johnny Sauter forced um, 
uh, uh, Herbst, Riley Herbst, below the yellow line and then actually went down below the, the line himself coming to the, um, to the flag and, and um, ended up getting, um, getting penalized for it and had the wind taken away. Yep. And, you know, of all, of all drivers that we would have talked about to win the truck race going in, Spencer Boyd would not have been on that list. No, nothing mean towards him, but I no. wouldn't. I wouldn't have definitely went. No. You know, for Spencer Boyd. I've known Spencer since he was in Legends Cars, and he's a great kid, great young man. Now, uh, he's he's he again like Cody. He does all his own marketing. I mean, the kid has been a go getter for about th- four or five years now, um, and and has been running for Young's Motorsports, and he's been doing some other. He's doing some cup for Rick Ware and whatever. And this weekend, he was doing the double, and. You know, he to, for him to end up winning that race again. This is why I love super speedways because you have that potential for somebody like Spencer to actually go get themselves a win. Yeah. Um, and he needs that win. That win will put him on the map, and it will help him to get more sponsorship to elevate himself for 2020. I hope. Yeah, and and something I thought was pretty cool from that whole deal was he really didn't get to enjoy that moment as much as he probably wanted to. Because I saw a video online where basically I'd say maybe 20 minutes after he won that race, it seemed like he was running down pit road at the last second to go get in that cup car so he could qualify because <laughs> yeah. he was yeah. like the second car to go out there. And when he got down to his car, he was greeted by uh, a cup veteran, Michael McDowell, who was right beside him. And it just shows the respect these drivers have for each other. McDowell gave him a high five, told him congratulations and all that. But he really didn't get to soak it in because he instantly won the race, got to take the pictures, and took off sprinting yep. down the front straightaway yep. just to get in his car in time to be able to make a lap in that cup race. Yep, it's crazy. I mean, it's um, it, it just was, again, that's part of the way the schedule worked out in trying to do double duty. But um, great job by Spencer Boyd to, to get that win. Um, and, you know, looking forward to having him on here, one of our shows uh, in the next week or two, we'll, we'll get him on and talk to him about it because uh, it'll be interesting to, to get his perspective on that last lap. Um, looking forward to Jason Alder next segment and Zach Novak forgot about Zach. Apologize, buddy. Zach was the winner of the, uh, big iRacing championship. Yeah, he won that. Peak Antifreeze. Yeah, for Roush Fenway. Um, it, you know, and, and some of us were kind of joking about, well, you know, it's good to see Roush back winning something. And lo and behold, Ryan Newman comes within, you know, uh, just a skosh of winning the uh, cup race today, uh, today at Talladega. So looking forward to talking to Zach. I've been forgetting to promote him all night. Um, he'll be on right after Jason. I want to throw something out. When Spencer Boyd won that truck race, he says, I don't drink beer. But tonight be the night over or under. Did he have one or did he not? Oh, I don't know. I don't either. I have no idea. That's it. <laughs> no idea. I mean, he said he's never. He said he doesn't drink beer. But tonight could be the night. In his interview, I saw, and I was just wondering if you thought he had one or if he didn't. I have no idea. That's uh, that's interesting. Um, I I don't even know how to answer that. I don't either. Honest. I guess if we ever get him on the phone, we'd love to have him. If we do, we can ask him. Yeah, we can ask him that. But uh, definitely a a fantastic. Uh, uh, race for the trucks and, and today's race as well. Um, you know, my, my big, my big complaint, and by the way, just, just because, um, I feel like we should at least comment on it. Um, you know, the question of whether I think Slaughter should have been DQ'd or not. Absolutely. He did two things wrong. He, he not only forced Riley Herbst down below the yellow line, probably costing Riley the win, but he went down there himself. 
and even you can't NASCAR, do that. Even NASCAR came out and said it was clear cut. Yeah. We said don't go below the I yellow mean, line. You did. I mean, you know, I thought back when Regan Smith um, had the issue with Tony Stewart years ago. I think it was 2011 or whatever, um, 2009, whatever year it was. Um, when when Regan went below the yellow line trying yep. to pass Tony, um, you know, Regan won that race, and NASCAR said no, we're not. Gonna, well, you know, it's you've got to look at the situation there. I understand why they have the rule about the yellow line to a point, but to me on the last lap, it should be let them eat because, you know, again, at that point, you're not coming back around the the track, you know, and, and, you know, I feel like you should be able to use the entire racetrack. There's no real reason on the last lap why you should be able to do that. And my deal is coming to the checkered, hey, go for it. And we've seen what has happened with drivers who don't go below that yellow line. We saw that with Carl Edwards yeah. and Brad. So, I mean, it can turn out pretty bad for not just the drivers. I mean, that was fans that were injured there. So we saw what can happen. Yeah, so, you know, my, my take on that is that I think on the last lap they ought to just – but if you're going to have the rule – then you know you gotta you gotta universally enforce it, yeah. And, and that's like what happened that. with with Johnny and and you know and and it really um, kind of hate it for for Riley because you know you have a chance to win but you finish fourth, which still isn't bad, but it isn't the win that you thought yeah. you could have had. But of course uh, Spencer Boyd's okay with it. Oh, he's <laughs> for know? sure okay so with. He's, it. But I agree with he's you. He's ducky. You know, if uh, you're gonna if you're gonna enforce it, you got to enforce it both ways. And right. I think they made the right call as much as it hurts for Johnny Sauter and for Riley, but. It's a great day for Spencer. So. Exactly. Okay, so we got a few minutes left in the segment. Um, the cup cup race today, I thought, um, number one, I thought it was a fantastic race uh, for the most part. Um, I'm just not a big fan of the fact that we we our current driving style seems to be we plant our front bumper underneath somebody's back bumper um, and and just drive around the racetrack that way. I've never been a big fan of pushing. I, I, I don't like seeing it. Um, because it, you see what it creates. I mean, um, every single one of those wrecks today that happened were, were caused by pushing. Okay. Now, um, I understand Alex Bowman threw a bad block. Um, but you know, again, you had a huge line of cars that were all pushing each other. You know, I just, I understand why they do it. I just wish we could make race cars that you didn't have to do that. Um, it didn't used to be that way. Dale Sr. didn't become a master of pushing. He could see the air and knew when to move and slice through the field. And, you know, that's what it used to be on the super speedways. You didn't used to do that. It's only been the last 20, 25 years that, you know, and I, and I just, I, I don't like that style of racing because to me, you're just sitting there waiting for the big wreck to happen. Yeah, and, and that's tough for sure. And I'm going to go ahead and use something that I heard one of the drivers say. Actually, I believe it was Bowman that said it, and that was that, when the Chevys try to push another car, they got pretty much a diamond on the front of their car, so they're right. pushing with one point. Right. And I don't know for sure, but I know a few of the incidents I saw, they were started by the Chevy manufacturer because they're unable to push, like the Toyotas who got the whole well, nose and the Ford, and I think that makes it hard as well. See, that's the other thing, too, is I think you get to a point where you you start looking at it and you start seeing all this kind of, you know, well, this car doesn't push well or that car, you know, whatever, and it's like... And as far as I'm concerned, we ought to make front bumpers out of tin foil, and um, you know, make them drive the cars, and, not let and, them push at all, and make the cars drivable. And you I heard, mean, you, you heard know. what uh, was it, Clint? I think it was Clint. Somebody said yesterday, 
oh, I love this because they were going tandem. I yeah. think it was Clint who said yeah. it on the on the TV. And, and see, there again, I'm not a big fan of that either because it's 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 just like watching trains. I mean, we saw that that you know, I'm I'm. I'm glad that uh, GM wasn't now, actually it ended up being Ford that next, because Trevor Bain and Jeff Gordon back in 2011 were, Trevor was doing a great job pushing Jeff. And, you know, Ford nixed Trevor pushing Jeff, who was not a Ford, obviously. And, and probably especially Jeff, because he used to be a Ford until he became a Chevy. Um, you know, there, I'm sure there was still a little, um, a little bit of chaff there. But um, Trevor and it went in the the five hundred because of the the tandem racing. Um, he was pushed he, by Carl, wasn't he? Well, yeah, but Trevor did the pushing for a lot of the race, and Trevor yeah. was one of the first to adapt to it. You know, and I saw that in the early week of of that race, and that's why I picked him to win that five hundred. He was fast, and that whole everybody week. thought I was crazy, and it's like, well, there you go. He um, was fast that whole yeah, time. I he, was there. He, he was just fast. did what he was told to do. He didn't know any better. So, um, you know, it worked out for him, but this just is a, a deal where I think we've gotten to, but other than that, I thought it was a great race and, and I, I just love seeing the way it ended with, uh, again, with Newman finishing second and Blaney finishing first, they needed that. We're going to be back with Jason Older. We've got Zach Novak coming up to talk racing right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. 
Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Nothing like a little classic rock to get you going. Uh, welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com, and you should, because they are the not only a great source to purchase your driver safety gear and your seats and helmets and, and radios and all of that. But uh, they're also experts in those fields and they can actually help you to make sure that you're buying the right stuff for your type of racing and your size and all of that, um, because all of that matters. So happy to have you uh, or have them as part of our program. We're going to have uh, hoping to have Jason Alder here in a little bit. He's going to call us and talk about legends and, um, Zach Novak going to call us. He was the, um, go ahead. If we, James, we got, we got, uh, okay. I think we got Jason. So let's, uh, go to the strutmasters.com race line and welcome Jason Alter, Jason Alder to the program. Um, trying to keep my tongue untied here. Jason, welcome to the show. Jason Alder, is that you? Okay. Yep, I'm right here. Oh, there you go. Okay. We were having trouble hearing your response there for a moment, but uh, we got that taken care of. So, uh, Jason, welcome to the show. It's good to have you. Uh, Jason, for those who don't know, is one of the very fast rising young stars of the Legends Car Division, which has produced a number of uh, NASCAR stars in the, um, the past and continues to do that. Uh, probably... I would argue maybe the most recent one would be the elevation of Daniel Hemrick to the Cup Series, if you want to look at it that way. But William Byron, uh, David Reagan, the Bush brothers, uh, gosh, there's many, many of them now that are in uh, NASCAR's National Series. Jason would like to follow in their footsteps. Jason, for those in our audience who don't know you, first of all, where are you from? I am from Cooksville, Maryland. This is about seven hours away from where I race every week in North Carolina. Yeah, you you got a little bit of a drive each week. Uh, you you're I would argue that you're committed. Uh, if you're driving seven hours to race, and of course, uh, uh, now how old are you, sir? I just turned sixteen in this June. Okay, so sixteen years old and from Maryland. Uh, okay, let's start from the very beginning here because this this was a fascinating story that you told me the other day. Um, how did you get started? What got you started in the sport? All right. Well, this is, uh, this is quite the story. So I'm going to start off by saying my older sister, Jessica, who is now 19 years old, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at 2 years old, so wow. 17 years ago. Yeah. And uh, my dad, back when he was a, a little bit thinner and a little bit more fit, um, <laughs> he, would, he would prepare for sure, 100 miles. That. Oh, yeah, he does. That's a little shout-out for him. Um, he would prepare for a 100-mile bike ride as a fundraiser for, uh, for JDRF. And he would train 
you know, just by riding around on some local roads with a few buddies, you know, 20, 40, 60 miles, you know, whatever the day may be. And on this one specific day, I was four years old at the time, uh, he was doing a training run, and when he was out and about, he rode past a yard sale. And in this yard sale was a go-kart. Now, this cart was old, and it was basically a yard cart. It wasn't okay. a racing cart, and no, nothing like it. And uh, it didn't run. It needed work. And uh, he thought that that was a really interesting thing to come across. So he came home to me and my brother, Joshua, who was six, two years older than I was. And he said, boys, I was uh, training for, for this 100-mile bike ride. I was you know, riding on these roads, and uh, I passed by a yard sale and found a go-kart. Now, it doesn't run. It's like $200. You know, I, I don't know what your mother would think because he hadn't even run it by her yet. And he's like, guys, what? You know, what do you think? Should, should we get it and fix it up and, and just, you know, have a, an awesome, in, in my opinion, one of the best toys anyone could ever have? And so, of course, me and my brother said, absolutely, that would be the coolest thing ever. I was very grateful. And uh, we ended up going to the yard sale. They still had it. We bought it. We brought it home. And over the next few months, we tore it down every single nut and bolt, everything. Replaced, you know, all the rubber, all the plastic sure. that was totally destroyed. and. And we got it running again. And at this point, I was about five years old, and we took it to my elementary school. And that's where I drove it for the first time. Now, I, I have to be honest with you. I was scared to death of this thing. It was loud, and it vibrated. Oh, my goodness. I did about half a lap around the parking lot and was like, yeah, no, I'm done. I am done. So, so my brother, he got to enjoy it the rest of, the rest of that day. And then uh, my dad kept you know, urging me over the next couple of weeks, you know, like, come on, hop back in and see if, see if you enjoy it, see if you can just get past the sound and, and whatnot. And I, I rode it a few more times, just got a little bit more comfortable every time. And, and it got to the point where, where I, you couldn't get me out of this thing. Like, when it was time <laughs> to go, I was, I was furious. So I, I really enjoyed it. And, and after doing a lot of laps, my brother lost interest. And I was talking to my dad a little bit later. This is a little bit off topic, but, but still related. Um, a few years ago, I was talking to my dad. This was after I've been racing for about four or five years. And I asked him, like, Dad, like, when you got that go-kart, did you think that we would be racing? And he said, no. In fact, I bought the go-kart specifically for your older brother, but I just wanted to include you because, you know, I was only four. I was, I was, I was young. I was yeah. super tiny. Yeah. So he actually intended for my brother to, you know, kind of drive. And, and so the fact that my brother is the one that lost interest and I'm the one that, that gained an interest in racing was, was quite a shock to him. But uh, anyway, back to the story. So... I fell in love with this thing, and uh, that's when I went to my dad, and I was like, Dad, I want to race, you know? Like, how cool would it be to do what we're doing except racing with other people? Like, that just sounds like such a good idea. Yeah, like, what, what do you have to make that happen? I want to just oh, yeah. run around and ride around. I, I want to get to race and try to win. Exactly. So he was like, oh, shoot. That's I've a had a lot of time in this car. I'm ready now. I'm oh, Mario Andretti I'm... Jr. Oh, yeah. I was ready to go. <laughs> At that point, I'd watched too many... Too many NASCAR races. I was hooked. I was into it. And uh, so he was doing some Googling, you know, looking for a racetrack. And what is, what is this whole racing, go-kart racing thing? So he was doing some research. He found a track in Maryland, which is about an hour, hour and ten minutes away from my house. And uh, the track is Sandy Hook Speedway. And yes. that is where we went for the first time. So we went to the track. We didn't bring the go-karts because we just wanted to right. kind of watch the action and see what was going on. And uh, we go, and, and he talk to a few people they say you know what you know their two cents their opinion we found a go-kart and uh he comes back to me and he's like yo i found this go-kart it's about nine hundred dollars i'll tell you what 
if you can raise up a hundred dollars, you know, save it up, we will buy it and we will go race. And I was I was six at this point. And a hundred dollars was a lot of money. Like that's like thousands <laughs> yeah, to a six year old, yeah. That's oh yeah, that's, that was a lot of money. And uh, the reason why he did it was just to prove that you know I had some skin in the game, right? You know, I was just you know I had my my heart kind of invested into it a little bit. You know, like I had to work hard for that. So for me to put it in means I'm into it. Means I'm serious. You know, he doesn't want me doing this, and then we go race one time, and then oh, I'm done. You know, there's a thousand dollars down the drain from all the yeah. stuff that we bought. So over the next few weeks, uh, I ended up saving up a hundred dollars, and I'm pretty sure almost all of it was from my mother for just doing chores and whatnot. But but nonetheless, I I raised up the money with my mom on my side, and and we sure bought the go kart and. Went racing for the first time in November, which is the end of the racing season. But I just fell in love with it. That's awesome. I, I, I absolutely fell in love with it. So give us, in about 30 seconds, give us uh, a synopsis of your career in go-karts. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I raced go-karts for about six years. Uh, two of those years, I was the WKA national champion. Wow. It took a few years to get there. But, but yeah, we, we did it, and I felt like I kind of hit the peak of, of that career and it was time to move on to the next step. But, uh, I had over 20 national wins, even more than that national polls. And, and we were at pretty much the top level of what I could do in karting. And so once we got the second national championship, we're like, all right, it's time to move on. And then on to Bandoleros, we went. And of course, running Bandoleros led to the legends cars that you're racing now. Um, again, about uh, 30 seconds, give us a, get, tell us how you did in the bando. Give us the highlights of that part. Sure thing. So the Bandolero was was the smallest one of the three that, the three different cars that I've raced so far. Uh, we only did that for about a season, and in that season, uh, it started off pretty decently. Uh, it wasn't quite as fast as everyone else. I was definitely a, a mid pack car, but but I picked it up relatively quick. And by the end, I was just as fast as, as most people. Uh, I felt really good. We got a lot of wins. We picked up a track championship. We won a national race at the Winter Heat at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And again, when I raced in that race, that's what kind of made me feel like, all right. I think it's I think it's about time to move on, you know. Like once you get to that point where you're starting to win races, that means you you know, you've mastered it. You're yeah. you're beating the best people, so it's right. time to move on to the next step. Well, and the next step from a Bandolero is a legends car, and that's where you are right now. Uh and you had a really good season this year in the legends cars. Talk about that a little bit. Oh yeah, this season has been an absolute dream especially coming off of the two seasons we've had before so this is my third year in a legend car first two seasons were pretty much entirely learning years i won one race which is my very last one at the end of 2018 and in 2019 here we are i have over 20 wins uh we're going into the national championship event which is this saturday and we are in contention for the semi-pro national championship so I, i never would have expected this to happen it's just been outstanding you know Right off the bat in Florida, the first race of the season, we won three of the five races and we won the championship. I never would have expected that. So the fact that that happened, and then we go to Texas in February, same exact thing, win three out of the five races, won the championship. I knew that just, just something clicked over the winter. I, I was just, I, I was not the same driver. So the fact that we were able to have such an amazing season on the previous two seasons is just it's it's a dream come true. It's incredible, yeah. It it always seems it's that way with every racer. Um, it it kind of takes them a year or two, and then you you get going. Um, so you've had a big year this year. You got a shot at the national title. You're running at Carteret County here in North Carolina this weekend. We got about um, thirty seconds. I want to make sure you get your sponsors in. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I can't do it without the sponsors, of course. Twenty twenty technology. Uh, 
champion. You know, they've been supporting me for a really long time, so to have them on board is, is awesome. And, of course, I'd like to thank the team as well, Steve and Ross Motorsports, Apex Driver Development, Jordan Black. Just can't thank them enough. We've had a stellar year. And on to Nationals where we can hopefully wrap up a national championship. That'll be awesome. If you wrap it up, we'll have you back on next week and uh, look forward to talking to you more about your future, too. I know you're looking at the potential, at least, to maybe some late model stuff next year. That's right. Thanks for having me on the show. I've had a great time. All right. We'll talk to you again soon, Jason. That's uh, Jason Alder, and he is one of the top stars upcoming uh, to be aware of because you're going to be hearing a lot more about him over the next couple seasons. We'll be right back with Zach Novak. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schrope belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Lero fireproof underwear, Lifeline fire systems, and even Racecom radio kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. We need to do a, another re-entry with Spencer, or he can say, 
This is Talladega Truck Series winner, Spencer Boyd. We're looking forward to having Spencer uh, on a near future show here. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Our final guest for the evening, we've had a busy uh, show here with guests, is currently on the strutmasters.com guest line. We'll bring him out of the pits, let him go full throttle with us here on Lee Lap. It is none other than Zach Novak, who I believe, if I'm correct now, Zach, you're 17 years old, yes? Yes. 17 years old. Where are you from? I'm from Clinton, Connecticut. And for those who don't know, Zach, last week on live TV, uh, picked up the win in the Peak Antifreeze um, NASCAR iRacing series. And, Zach, I've got to believe, I, I know that there are a lot of people who kind of looked and went, okay, um, that's cool, but I know how iRacing works and I know the preparation, but a lot of people don't know. So we've got about a 10-minute segment here. I want you to spend a minute or two just trying to, to, to explain to people how you prepare and your team prepares for each week's race because it's basically the same thing as the real teams go through, just obviously in a uh, an eSport environment, right? Yeah, well, obviously we have a lot more time than real Cup, Cup Xfinity and truck teams do. Um Obviously, they're limited to practice sure. sessions, but we have unlimited time within the two-week span between our races. So um, the competition's so much tighter, I feel like, in our series um, than really anything you see at a local short track or uh, even maybe sometimes on the cup level because um, every single person in the field has an unlimited amount of time to make their car basically perfect. And... Um, that's really the, the huge thing with sim racing is there's so much time available to practice. And uh, most teams will put, I'd say at minimum, to be extremely competitive in uh, the peak series, probably at least 50 hours uh, total. Um, I'd say each individual person is probably putting at least 20 hours into it. Um, some more, some less maybe, but... I'd say for the most part, um, a lot of the top 15 drivers in the series, I'd say, are consistently putting in probably 20 to 25 hours a week. And um, you have to put in a lot of time into the setups themselves and then on top of your driving. So um, you can adjust things like cambers, casters, ride heights, um, the place you put your ride heights can affect how your ride heights actually ride on the track so you sure. have to pay attention to dynamic ride heights dynamic weight um things like that we have access to telemetry like Motec, um which i'm not too big into that um into the, all the setup stuff and and the telemetry and whatnot but it's really really difficult to understand and um you know, I've, I've obviously seen my fair share of comments on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram of people who just don't understand, like you said. And um, I think uh, if they if they tried it and if they really tried to spend a month on iRacing, 
uh, half of them would probably quit because they just have no clue what's going on. Oh, I agree totally. And and it, it really frosts me, honestly, um, some of the negative reactions. Um, and I think, you know, part of it's because obviously there's a pretty big prize at the end of that rainbow for you. I mean, you got, what, $40,000? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge prize. And I think, you know, a lot of people who don't understand see it as, you know, this kid just you know, won 40 grand for winning a digital championship on the computer. And, you know, there's this guy didn't win 40 grand for winning this race or whatever real race. And it's like, well, yeah, but again, you're putting in 20, 25 hours a week into this stuff and it is intense. I can, I can say because, you know, I, I, I'm friends with Mike Conti and, and, and did a little bit of work with him in his last year of iRacing um, prior to uh, winning the, the championship. Um, in fact, it was the year he won the championship. And um, I mean, the amount of intensity that goes into all of that is just amazing. And the, the, it was great seeing your reaction and your family's reaction to you actually winning that. Now, you know, I'm happy to see NASCAR recognizing it and, and putting more effort into it and the teams getting behind it um, because the sim deceit transition is real. See William Byron, um, you know, and 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 others that have that have successfully done it. And a lot of these, almost all the drivers now use sim. Maybe it's not iRacing. Some of obviously Toyota and the manufacturers have kind of a more uh, you know detailed sim. But um, you know, but a lot of them use iRacing for to you know to at least get an idea of tracks where they haven't raced before. So. Um, now, I how long have you been doing this, Zach? Well, I signed up uh, actually before I was allowed to. Um, <laughs> iRacing has a, uh, I guess, age agreement uh, where you have to be over the age of thirteen, and um, I wanted it so bad that uh, <laughs> I kind of worked around that. I guess you could say. Um, and I, I started <laughs> sim racing when I was ten years old. Holy and, cow! Uh, I never really took it seriously until I was about 13. Oh, um, okay. That's why they have the age limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I understand why they do because I was uh, kind of a wrecker. I was kind of all over the sure. place yeah. when I was that young. But um, I did have experience in quarter midgets, so I kind of had an idea of what I was doing. Obviously, well, okay. not to the extent that I do now. Um, but... I was I was just a little kid. I didn't really understand the uh, legitimacy of it and how right. how you could literally make friends with people on on Iris and unlike no other uh, pro esport uh, game there is, I guess. Right. And um, you know, I've met people on Iris thing that I've extended to real life relationships where I've I've went to real life NASCAR races with them, and um, you know, I, I even stay in. Um, my fellow competitor Jimmy Mullis' house whenever I go down to Charlotte. And um, it's just, it, it's crazy how much I've learned and how much uh, Irish singers have benefited me as a person. And um, it's just, I never thought seven years ago, it's, it's coming up on eight now. I, I uh, signed up, I believe, February 27th of 2012 which was the day of the uh, Daytona 500 that year. Okay. And I actually I actually got involved because I was at like a Daytona 500 watch party um, with some people I raced quarter midgets with, and um, they had an Irish 
sitting there on like a laptop with a um, pretty cheap wheel and I tried it and I instantly loved it because I always loved the idea of like video game racing games and stuff and I thought, you know, it was just some other video game I could yeah. play. And then yeah. once, once I finally really understood it, um, I realized, like, how how much this could actually help me um, get my racing fixed after Cormages really didn't work out the way uh, we planned. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's coming up on eight years. Uh, <laughs> it, it feels like longer than that, honestly. Um just because of how how much time I've dedicated to it, but um, it's worth it's been worth every second minute hour that I, that I've put into it. Well, you it certainly opened up a lot of avenues for you. Now you get to go to Homestead for Championship Weekend, and of course uh, get presented with all of the uh, benefits of winning um, the championship and 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 a press conference and all of that. Uh, how do you feel about being able to take part in that? All that pomp and circumstance oh it's going to be awesome uh, i'm going to have my family there a lot of my friends a lot of people that have, that have helped me uh win the championship and just in general um that's going to be really special just to share that experience with them i'm sure and, it will uh, be i went through that experience a similar experience when i won uh, the ignite championship last year um that's a series designed for younger kids and um They've been doing an awesome job with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I went to Martinsville last year for, for that race, for the playoff race, and um, that was an incredible experience. I got to meet so many people, a um, few drivers even. And, um, yeah, I'm just I'm really, really excited. Um, there's a lot of opportunities that have opened up in even the past few days, and it's only been, what, four days since the race was has ended. So, um, I'm just really, really excited. Hey, this is producer James here. I got a question. I just want to ask you real quick. Um, with all the types of racing that there are on iRacing that you can go out there and do, you can run trucks on dirt. You can run late models here and there. If you had a chance to get back in a car, where would you go? Well, um, I've really thought of, um, you know, finding a team, whether it's late models, legends, uh, preferably down south, because obviously that's the, that's right. the center of yep. racing, the pinnacle of racing. And um, I feel like the chances of me getting my name out there a little bit better um, down there are a little bit better. So um, I think that's probably my best bet. Uh, I've looked into um, doing some legends races with uh, Joe Ryan Osborne. Oh, yeah. From Joe yeah. Ryan Race Cars. I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Oh, I've known Joe um, Ryan a long time. Yep. Uh, he actually used to race quarterman up north up here yep. in uh, Pennsylvania. and um, 20 seconds. So I, I've known I've known him for a while. And, um, yeah, I, I figured it'd be a pretty good idea if I'm going to go that route to uh, probably meet up with him or sure. um, some other team. I'm not really sure to, uh, sure yet, but. Okay, we we're gonna give you we're gonna give you one more minute here, and I want you to give shout outs and thank yous to whomever you need to. We got about one minute. Okay. Um, yeah, I just want to thank everybody at um, my sim team, Lockdown Racing, uh, Jimmy Mullis, Taylor Hurst. They help work on the cars and 
like I said earlier in, in my interview, we put probably 80 hours total put together into the car for every race. So uh, without them, it, it really would be difficult to do uh, what I do. And Brandon Cobbinger, my spotter, Logan Sheets, my crew chief, um, the, the way the races go are very similar to real-life races. Yep. The spotter and crew chief are very useful. Um, the eSport Racing Group helped us out a lot this week, so if they hear this, uh, thank you guys. Uh, obviously, everybody at Rush Fenway Racing, all their partners, Oscar Meyer was on the car for that race. I hope they um, were happy with the amount of exposure that they got. Um, everybody that uh, helped just just make this happen, uh, and, of course, my parents. Um, it, it's just been a surreal experience. Uh, thank you guys as well for bringing me on the show. Absolutely. And, um, I'm, I'm just excited for what the future holds. Well, if you, next time you get down to Charlotte, let us know in advance. And while you're here, we'll try to get you set up. We do live shows Mondays and Thursdays and Tuesday mornings. So uh, we'll try to get you on one of the shows in studio here in Statesville. Awesome. Will do. All right. That's Zach Novak. And we're going to step aside when we come back. The White Flag segment still a lot to talk about. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. The representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. 
outsmart them. This party is like so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to We Lap, having a good time here in the WSIC studios in Statesville, North Carolina. We are coming to you live on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are also on WSIC TV in Charlotte, 25.2. That's Daystar, if you're looking for it on your local dial. And we're uh, in our white flag segment. That means it's our last segment. Got about 13 minutes or so and want to talk a little bit about the NTK NHRA Carolina Nationals. Um, Boy, we had some weather yesterday go through this area. It wasn't any type of real big stormy weather so much as it was just good, hard soaking rain. And it was persistent. The ground loved it. I'm oh sure. yeah, yeah. We, we needed had, it. We haven't I had just any wish rain it in a didn't while. have to rain on a race weekend, but oh um, yeah, it's like you got sure. five days a week when we're all working and we don't care, and then you wait till Sunday and just pour. I'm um, sure there was a lot of upset people. I'll ask you. You were there. You said right at what Z Max? Not okay. yesterday. No, oh, no, today. Today. Was there a good crowd there? I didn't get to go over not there. Well, I heard I heard the noise because we're right yeah, across not, the street at the shop. Not but. what there should have been. I mean, it, it's just hard. Even though it was a holiday, it's hard for a lot of people to you know, to stay over. They, they plan to travel back today. So they, you know, like last night into today, so they can be ready for work tomorrow. So, um, I don't think it was as good as it would have been, you know, yesterday. Um, I didn't even go yesterday because I just, by the time I get up, um, you know, I get up in the morning and go to church. And when I came out of church just before noon, um, it, uh, you, you just knew that nothing was going to happen right away. It was scheduled to start at 11, um, Eastern. They moved it up an hour because they thought weather was coming in later. Well, we got up yesterday morning, it was already raining. So basically it just became, you know, so I knew that nothing was going to happen early. And when I, while I was in church, it just poured for most of the hour and 15 minutes or so. And I said, you know what, they're never going to get this in. And so I didn't even go over there yesterday. I went today and you know, cool to see. I mean, look, Steve Torrance is just doing <laughs> winning top fuel. The the guy just keeps on trucking. It was great to see him get the win. Robert Height got the win in Funny Car. Um, Derek Kramer won Pro Stock. Andrew Hines Pro Stock Motorcycle. And Megan Meyer got the win in Top Alcohol Dragster. I just, I think the, you know, the 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 deal in, in especially with Torrance, you know, back um, on top of the points, I mean, he is just, he's been unbelievable the last year or so, and just amazing to watch those cars. I mean, the noise, the, there's nothing like an NHRA race. No, there's nothing like it. I mean, we're right across the street where the shop is that we work. That's right. And it You're vibrates right it. the floor where we're at. And that's a good, I, what you, I mean, what would you say? That's a good mile away, you'd Probably. say? Probably. So, and it Maybe vibrates the floor. Maybe not quite a mile, like yeah. you're saying, but it's behind the speedway. Yeah. And it shakes the floor at our shop. Um, they're incredible cars. You can hear the deep pitch. 11,000 horsepower. It's amazing. Oof. And like you were just talking about, Torrance back on top, you know, for 
a few years before he started really getting back on pace, it was the Antron Brown show. Yeah. And now Steve Torrance has taken those helms, and now it's the Steve Torrance show. Well, and the thing is, I mean, it isn't as if, um, you know, it, it, it's been, you know, Doug Coletta's been very, very good this year. Brittany Force has had her share. You know, Mike Salinas, Leah Pritchett, Antron Brown, they've all been in there. Yep. And, and you know, you've got young Austin Prock, who's learning as he goes. Billy Torrance, Steve's dad, got a win um, earlier in the year. I mean, Milliken, they, they all, but, but Torrance, Steve Torrance has been on this unbelievable run this last year where, you know, he's just had a lot of things go his way. And, you know, but the beauty of what the NHRA, the, the way that it's structured is, boy, you got to bring your best every weekend, every single round. You have to. You know, because you can you can have way more resources than the guy next to you on, on the, the starting line. But if you blow the tree, you know, or red light, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it resources help, obviously, but it's still got to be the driver and reaction time and all of that. Um, and that's why I love it. And it never gets any less just amazing to be at an NHRA race because, it, you know, as we talked about, the noise and just the the atmosphere of the it. eyes burning oh, from the nitro. Well, yeah, that's I mean, I, it's I, not like just regular race gas. That's oof. nitro. Your eyes burn. Like yeah. I remember uh, when I went into the garage the first time as a youngster. When I went in there, I was seeing all these guys walk around with gas mask. I'm like, yeah. what is this for? And then I saw the first one fire up, and I was standing there when it did. And my eyes caught on fire, and I was like, oh right, yeah, I see the reason for the gas mask. Now. Yeah, I I can't uh, I can't go. Um, to, I can't be around it when they, when they're, they're, they're putting the nitro, when they're doing that. Um, I have to get way back because like you said, my eyes just go crazy. My nose, my sinuses, um, it, you know, but, but the, the sheer noise of it, I mean, you hear it and, oh, yeah. and it's just, you, you, you know, um, and, and where I am in the media center, um, is right behind the starting line. So you, you know, we have like a rail that you kind of can go out the door and you, you can, and you, you have to have earplugs. Oh, you have to. That's you, no question about that. You, you know, you're close enough to have to have earplugs and it's just, it, it, it'll, if you're on the ground, it'll move you off your spot when they fire off. I mean, it's, it's just an amazing thing. I love it. Um, and so it was fun. It, you know, again, not quite as big a crowd as I think we'd have had on, you know, a better Sunday. But, you know, it just, it is what it is. Um, you know, the, it's always a great time when they come to Z-Max and looking oh, yeah. forward to next year as always. And um, and if know. anybody ever gets a chance, I just want to throw this out there to go. They should definitely go. I mean, TV oh, yeah. does that no justice well, whatsoever. That's but, what I talked to somebody about yesterday. That goes to the ground and that yeah. noise like we've been talking about. The TV does that no justice whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, people that watch it on TV and think it's cool, you have no idea. No, you got to go you see You know, it. the two sports that TV doesn't do well are hockey and drag racing for the exact same reason. The, it's too fast, and, and, and a lot of the, the, like hockey, you can't, I don't care how good they get, you can't follow the puck, and you don't get the intensity of the hits, you know, um, you know like you do when you're in the arena, and drag racing it it's the same thing you don't get the sensation of speed or the noise or you know i don't care how good your tv is or your surround sound it isn't it isn't the same as being there um because you can't feel it and yep. um and the drivers are just amazing i mean walking around even today i mean they were trying to hustle up 
but you walk around and there's John Force and, you know, Height and um, Ron Caps. You see them walking around, they're signing autographs when they can. I mean, it, it's it, it, these guys and girls that race these, that race the, the NHRA are very fan friendly. Oh, so yes. yeah, I definitely, if you, if you've never been, that should be a bucket list item for next year is going to an NHRA race. There's sure. just nothing like it. Even with kids, it's great for kids. I mean, all right. the stuff they have set up there, they got places you can take pictures with the Wallies, yep. um, meet the drivers, yep. all that stuff. There's so much straight stuff there. It's well, a great time for a family. Well, your grandstand tickets a pit pass. Yeah, every time you go, you so, get to go I mean, right in there. You know, if you buy a ticket, you've also it, it is also a pit pass. So you can get down and walk around and be around the cars and whatever. It's an amazing experience, really. So, um, yeah, doing that and then being and then you know coming back to to watch Talladega um, was made for quite the day. Um, Busy but it day. was it was, but it was it was a lot of fun. And and you know, I I I really um, it, it's a blessing to be able to cover sort of two different disciplines of the sport like that in one day. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't have worked out that that well yesterday, but, you know, today, because they started real early this morning to try to get everything done because they have to go to their next show, which I think is Nashville, I think. Um, I'm not sure. Um, Did you hear any rumors of anybody sticking around? I know normally after the event you're allowed to stick around the following day and do a test and tune. Uh, did you did you hear yeah, any of the drivers think, uh, thinking I they think, were going to? I think today was it because you know you have to because to of the way show. the schedules worked out. You're, you you got to get to the next show. Um, at least the officials. I think a lot of that setup starts like on Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. So there's not a lot of turnaround time there. So I don't think you probably will see too many people tomorrow um, doing that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it's always a great time and and just had a blast being able to 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 go see that and. Um, looking forward to doing a couple of more of those events next year. There are a couple of tracks that I like to go see them at Bristol. Um, you know, there are a couple of events on the schedule that I'd like to get to that are sort of out of the, the Charlotte area here. So we'll see what, what the schedule allows for next year. But I love watching the NHRA and just being a part of that group. Just a very, um, it's a very, very entertaining group of people to be around. Very down to earth, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Very approachable. I, I'm 100% with you on that. Every one of them is approachable. Uh, one of the ones I'd like to go see would be the Four Wides at um, oh, Vegas yeah. when they go. And I got to see the Four Wides here at Charlotte, which I'm sure it's the same at Vegas, but that was cool, seeing the Four Wides. Yeah. So Well, the the, the Four Wides, and, and it's funny because, like, you know, a lot of times you don't, they, you don't get – a lot of actual four wides because yeah. you, you get one or two that break before, you know, and so, um, but boy, when you do like in a top fuel round or, you know, funny car, whatever, you get a four wide. It is, <laughs> I mean, it's oh, yeah. almost sensory overload. I got, I think we got the day I went, I think we got three full passes of each yeah, of them. Okay. Uh, not like, you know, each top yeah. fuel and all that, but we got three. I think one a funny car, one top fuel, and maybe a pro stock, but it was. It was awesome to yeah. see all four of them at oh, the same yeah. time. Well, when you start getting into the chess match of which lane do I want and that kind of thing too, it's 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 kind of fun. It adds a little bit more to the to the game to oh, yeah. to do that. But yeah, it's just those those cars are amazing. They're just um, the 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 motors and and all of that technology is just it, it's just incredible. And then so. the way the crew members tear that motor down and rebuild it, yeah, as fast as they do. That is awesome. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, we still got a little time left here. Congratulations to Doug Kobe, 
who we will try to get on a uh, lead lap show here in the next couple weeks as well. Uh, Doug won his sixth NASCAR Wheeler Modified Tour event uh, at Thompson. Champ- not, uh, not event, but championship. Uh, wrapped that up at Thompson yesterday. Didn't win the race. Justin Bonsignor won the race, but uh, Kobe um, performed well enough to win the championship, and we want to congratulate him. Uh, that was a really, really intense race there. And um, like I said, we'll have uh, Doug Kobe on as soon as we can line him up for uh, a league lap show in the near future. Okay, we got to wrap it up here. I uh, want to thank all of our sponsors, mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life, strutmasters.com, the suspension experts, and also, of course, our presenting sponsor, HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Reminder, at Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You will see parts of this show as uh, little clips that we'll put out over the next couple days. So look for those. And want to thank, of course, uh, James Mellick, our producer, and all the folks from WSIC-TV and the Performance Motorsports Network for hosting us. For everyone else, my name is Tom Baker. We are done with Lead Lap Radio. Have a great week. Bye. You've been listening to Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.